0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie.
1: Hello, everyone, welcome. It's Monday night. Might be a little disjointed tonight. Might be a little out of place tonight. We're dealing with a lot of new stuff, a lot of new shit. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Tonight's recommended drink, ladies and gentlemen, salt water. Tonight's recommended snack, anything that doesn't make you go to the toilet frequently. It's the toilet paper apocalypse, and we're lucky to be alive. Skol! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a lovely weekend. I certainly did. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this exclusive platform edition of the Daily Boogie. Absolute pleasure to be with you. Uh, If you could please, ladies and gentlemen, because now that you know that we have, we've gone full exclusive mode. I would like to say that there was some kind of PewDiePie deal, but there wasn't. I would like to say that somebody shoveled piles of cash into my pockets, but they didn't. No, we've just decided to just go live on DLive. And if you're somebody who likes to just listen to the program, then I'm happy to announce that we are now live on Podbean Live. So if you're a subscriber to the podcast, You can now listen live to the podcast as we're recording it, not just watch it on DLive. We're also live on Twitch, but nobody ever watches on Twitch, which is fine, that's fine, not a problem. Not a problem. So yeah, and a couple of changes. As you can see, if you're looking at the live stream right now, you're you're probably thinking, what the hell is going on here? What the hell is this? (laughs) This, ladies and gentlemen, because a few people have asked me, um, the green screen. So I've decided to dump the green screen. Just, I'll just let you in. I'll just, I'll just fill you in. So, <clears throat> I never, I never liked the idea of a green, uh, green screen. I never really used one. The only reason that I started using one was because of Trust and Verify on a Sunday night. So, at the time, um, in order to have myself and James, you know, appear on the screen without it looking too ridiculous, you know, he uses a green screen. So, I didn't want to have one person using a green screen and the other person not that always looks a bit disjointed so that's why i went out and got a green screen that's the only reason i started using it was for trust and verify so i thought ah, uh, to hell with it because people seem to prefer the non-green screen look which is fine it's a little bit different we used to have because i've got more monitors and stuff in the studio now i couldn't put the camera in the same place but people wanted the dude back there he is the dude so the dude's back uh we're back to the old style the old style look and it was a bit difficult to fit everything in, so there you have it. I, I hope you're happy. Now, will you leave me alone? Why censored? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, Russ says, what the hell is going on here? Well, plenty. Plenty. Stick around. You'll find out. So, yeah, we're live on D Live. We are live on Podbean Live. And after the show, a full replay will be uploaded to BitChute. So you can follow bitshoot.com slash bumper. Uh, The YouTube channel will be kept just for short clips of the show because a few people have asked me now for a while. uh, They want, like, little 10-minute clips, little 15-minute clips of the show to share around because people don't want to listen to a full two hours, which, again, fine. So we'll do our best to do that. We're approaching this in a whole new way, ladies and gentlemen. A whole new way. It's a new dawn here on the Daily Boogie podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Movie Time Blues, F in the chat for the green screen. (laughs) Bitch you. Uh Yes, bitch you, Lucifer Sam, thank you for joining us. Um, if you know of people who normally listen on another platform and they have been able to make it, make it today, I have tried to message Andrew Jackson, who's our moderator on YouTube. If you're listening to this later, Andrew, I will give you a moderator hatchet on DLive. Please come over. It won't be the same without you. <laughs> I don't know if he will or not, though. So much to get through. As I said, uh, we're going to talk about the toilet paper apocalypse ladies and gentlemen by the way if you want to become a supporter of the show then by all means head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper gypsy thank you for the diamond gypsy where did you steal the diamond gypsy and now I can see the comments that you leave when you give a diamond Uh, gypsy wants Friday night cocktails yeah we'll have to do a Friday night show at some point is that the only night that you can drink okay sucks to be you. I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking a uh, mango flavoured beer, believe it or not. Very girly, I know, but God, it's nice. Mm. Just a tip for the lads, by the way. Um, If you do buy mango flavoured beer... Be fully prepared to be going out for beer, and like if you buy mango flavored beer and you live with a woman, like a wife or a girlfriend or a fiance or whatever it is, uh, be fully prepared to go back out to the store and buy beer a lot quicker than you would normally would. (laughs) I bought a case of mango flavored beer on Friday, and it's pretty. My wife left me three over the weekend. And I'm like, well, that's the last time I'm buying nice beer. So thank you very much. You made that decision for me. (laughs) You're sucking them down like Pepsi. But you get that on the big jobs. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, If you'd like to become a, if you'd like to subscribe to the show, then please, by all means, hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Thank you to everyone who's joining us live on Podbean. (laughs) Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Fair did just steal the diamond, Gypsy. I don't have to be up early on Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, we'll try and do some kind of Friday night thing at some point. But for now, let's focus at the task at hand. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so by following me at Boogie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. Um, Before we get to Corona Chan, before we get to the end of the world, before we get to the toilet paper apocalypse, before we get to everybody dying with a smelly bottom. there is a another announcement that we need to make. there is more news that we need to break here on this program ladies and gentlemen and that is <clears throat> you'll remember Wednesday last week, the Wednesday night edition of the show we paid tribute we said goodbye to the man that we believe can be the force for change in this world. We and it was it was a very emotional show i don't know if you were listening or not but if you weren't then by all means go back and have a listen we said goodbye officially to the campaign race of one john mcafee so you know it was all the press f in the chat it was all the black armbands it was all the moments of silence it was everything that we could do just to get through because we want we wanted john we love john here on this show he is our rock and roll president ladies and gentlemen and he decided to call it quits. But in typically John McAfee style, ladies and gentlemen, within 24 hours, he announced that he's back <laughs> and he's running again for president. <laughs> he let us all down the garden path. John McAfee announced that he was pulling out and then as soon as he saw the results come in from North Carolina, he decided, to hell with it, I'm staying in. <laughs> I'm coming back. So he's re-entered the presidential race. I can't take it, man. I cannot take it. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. I almost felt human emotions again when I found out that he was back in the race. And, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Should I feel, like, heartbroken? Like, is this, like, a kind of on-again, off-again kind of relationship? <laughs> Henry St. George Saint George Tucker Bubba in the chat... How could you give up on him so easily? (laughs) That's a valid question. That's a valid question. I should have known better. It's like when the girl breaks up with you and you say, Oh, okay. And she says, Aren't you even going to fight for us? Fight for us, Boogie. I thought I meant something to you. I thought I meant something to you. So maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe, maybe I gave up too soon, but... The best thing about all this is John McAfee doesn't hold a grudge. He's back. He's back, and we're very happy to have him. Uh, incidentally, I have reached out to the people of the Vermin Supreme campaign. Um, I did I waited about a week or so until I realized until I figured out what I was doing platform-wise, because I didn't want to say I'd be on platforms that I'm not going to be on when he comes on the show. So as soon as I uh, figured out that I was gonna be on D-Live exclusive and uploading to BitChute. Um, I got in touch with the Vermin Supreme people. And so hopefully, fingers crossed that we can get Vermin on the show. So we'll see how we go. Movie Time Blue says, maybe he's a fan of your show. Maybe, but perhaps not. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying ever so uh, ever so diligently to get a follow back from John McAfee, but I can't earn one. For whatever reason, I can't get a follow back from John McAfee because that I could probably die a happy man should I get a follow back from John McAfee. Uh, Man Cave Musings, thank you for joining us in the chat on Podbean. He says, is it a glitch he's back in? He should have caught that. <laughs> well, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have. Um, so he he re-entered the presidential campaign. He's back in the race, ladies and gentlemen. And he released this video to announce his re-candidature for president. <laughs> he released this video to announce that he's back and he's running again. And he wants to rule over you with an iron fist. Let's check it out. John McAfee, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Fifteen years ago, I had some beautiful software and they took it over. You thought you knew John McAfee he gives us the right to shoot whoever we want. And for whatever fucking reason, I became a butt man at the age of seven. How would you cook your dick? I wouldn't cook it. I think I'd eat it raw. But in 2020, <laughs> the man you thought you knew is deadly serious. I'm in fact running for president in spite of a year of fun, games and jokes, it is time to get serious. I warned you of this, that at some point, those of us who speak out about how wonderful cryptocurrency will be to free ourselves from governments, from banks, financial institutions, how that will free us, how governments, if we are using privacy coins, will not be able to collect income taxes because they will have no clue what our income is.
1: Now, to be fair, we do have to make a little announcement here. And that is, at one point, John McAfee was the CEO of the sixth largest data uh, Bitcoin mining <laughs> uh, alternative currency company in the world. <laughs> And he was kicked out of his own currency. And a lot of people say, well, that taints everything. If he has a financial interest in alternative currencies, if he has a financial interest in crypto, then surely we can't say, surely we can't put any stock into anything that he says. But I say, au contraire, dear listener. Because do we not praise people like Al Gore, for example, for investing heavily in cap and trade schemes? Do we not praise these people for putting their money where their mouth is? And, of course, if you're listening to this for the first time, you are listening to the show of the black shirt-wearing libertarians, ladies and gentlemen, people who are raising the black flag, laughing while the world burns around them. So, you know, if he's got money invested in alternative currencies, if he's got money invested in cryptocurrency, and he wants everybody to use cryptocurrency for the purpose of avoiding income taxes well, then all of a sudden I can put my principles to one side <laughs> because, as we all know, taxation is theft. So you see, This is why we need John McAfee in the presidential race. This is why we need him there. To me, it is slavery to work. <laughs> Jules says, never praise Al Gore. Don't praise the machine. For one quarter or
0: more of the year for the government that is taking your wages, your right to earn a living. So, until you have control of your own currency, a currency which is controlled by no one, then you will never be free. You will never be free. Presidents in America lost all power after 1960. And our last president with any power whatsoever, that's Dwight Eisenhower, warned us when he left office of two things, the CIA, and the military industrial complex that would eventually take all of our freedoms if we allowed them. Do you think the presidents make decisions in vacuums? No. We're in the age of information. We act on information, and those who control information are the ones in power, people. You think you can control someone? You can control them by giving them selective information or by. Giving him outright lies. Please God, wake the fuck up.
2: <laughs> <coughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, there he is. John McAfee 2020. His campaign slogan Please God, wake the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John McAfee's back. And I'm so goddamn happy. <laughs> He also released uh, this little video, ladies and gentlemen, Observational Osmosis. And every video that we refer to tonight, of course, every article, every clip, will be in the show notes on the Podbean website after the show. So Observational Osmosis. This is the heart of his presidential platform, so he says. Thank you for joining us, Amber.
0: Of my presidential platform uh, for 2020... Uh, is based on the science of observational osmosis, which I pioneered uh, in 2012 in Belize with uh,
1: the first... Rusty says, great slogan. Isn't it a great slogan? It's probably the best campaign slogan that I've ever heard. Vote McAfee 2020. Please, God, wake the fuck up.
0: (laughs) Uh, Observational yoga program. And basically the way it works is a professional... Yoga instructors are up on stage just doing the most amazing poses. And the students are sitting in easy chairs, uh, drinking wine and and eating cheese. And we discovered that after a few weeks, uh, the the students were able to be far more flexible. They lost fat, gained muscle strength. Now, you think that's all bullshit, but let me ask you something. If you've ever watched a horror movie... um, (laughs) And have you ever jumped in your seat, or the hair stands up on the back, or you're on the edge? Well, what nothing's happening to you. You're sitting back in a comfortable theater, uh, chewing popcorn, and yet you feel the fear. Well, that's observational osmosis coming from what you observe with your eyes and your ears. It's powerful
1: stuff. Now, he's, he's a lateral thinker. I think that much is clear. He doesn't approach things in the standard way. He's not your regular run of the mill politician. He's definitely open to eclectic solutions. That's what we isn't that what we want in politics, isn't that what we need, generally speaking, broadly speaking. Somebody who's not afraid to talk about yoga instructors and, you know, having dry sex with somebody's anus. Uh, Isn't that what we want? Everyday workable advice. Don't we want campaign slogans like, please, God, wake the fuck up. You know, a lot of people voted for Donald Trump thinking that he was going to be the disruptor, thinking that he was going to be different. He's kind of different, but he's not different like John McAfee's different. (laughs) John McAfee is different in a whole different way, on a whole different level. So, you know, you might find yourself sitting back going, well, I support Donald Trump because he's different. I support Donald Trump because he's the disruptor. But you're always going to have people like John McAfee just waiting in the wings going, yeah, if you're a pussy. (laughs) He's different if you wear a suit every day and then you go out one day with a denim vest on. That's how he's different. John McAfee is different if you wear a suit every day and you go out wearing a G-string with clown makeup on. That's different, right? That's a whole nother level of different. Um,
0: I intend to apply observational osmosis to every aspect of the American society, of education, uh, for example. (laughs) Education, Uh, for example. uh, Imagine, uh, you know, having to spend, um, good Lord, hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: Jules says he literally eats human feces for fuck's sake. Yeah, but come on, every other politician wants you to eat their shit. (laughs) At least he eats it himself first. Every other politician's trying to shovel shit down your throat. At least John McAfee knows what it tastes like. He knows what you're in for. He's one of us.
0: Juilliard to become a concert pianist when you can spend a few weeks in a concert pianist. Um, observational osmosis class. and You become a concert pianist. Now, the magic of this... Uh, uh, observational osmosis is it only allows Good things to be learned. Now, you think that's nonsense? Listen to this. Uh, We think people who are obese and fat and overeating is bad. Of course it is. Now, you go and watch some restaurant where fat people eat greasy food, and you sit by them for weeks on end. You will not gain a single ounce. (laughs) Try it. So, Observational Osmosis is the foundation of my 2020 platform. Thank you.
1: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. He's a visionary. He's a visionary, the great John McAfee, ladies and gentlemen. McAfee, America, great again. He's back in the race, and we couldn't be happier. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, just before we get to the toilet paper apocalypse that is currently tearing Australian rear ends to shreds, I just want to cover off some just cover off some of the regular fare that we do on this show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to dip into the racism file. As you know, everybody's racist and everything is racist. This article caught my attention over the weekend. It's about time. It's about time somebody stood up and put the boot into sneakers. From the Times of Israel, ladies and gentlemen, new sneakers claim to resemble Adolf Hitler.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs)
1: Good, good. <laughs> Social media users assert toe and tongue of puma's storm adrenaline. Oh dear, storm front adrenaline, more like it, huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? They claim the storm adrenaline shoes are reminiscent of dictator's mustache and hairdo. If you're looking, uh, if you're watching the live stream, live stream, you can see that on the screen there. The the last um, inanimate object that looked like Hitler that I can remember was the. Do you remember the Hitler teapot? And I think that was about five years ago. Something like that, about five years ago. Uh, new sneakers from Puma have been met, but this kind of thing, this kind of thing has to stop. You know, I'm I'm in favour of banning anything that looks like Hitler at all. Of course. Even if it's a pair of sneakers and you have to hold the camera at a certain angle and for some reason the little thing that keeps your laces down to the tongue, that's for some reason that appears to you as some kind of little Hitler mustache. Even if that's the case, well, I believe in protecting your sensibilities. I don't want to have you feel oppressed at Foot Locker. I think you deserve better than that. Yeah, (laughs) obviously. New sneakers from Puma have been met with a mixture of ridicule and amusement on social media after users noted that from above, the shoes bear a certain resemblance to Nazi leader Adolf Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you thought that there were problems in the world, guess again. If you, if you thought people were concerned with things like coronavirus or the debt or crime or drugs or whatever whatever other concern you think is important, it's not. The real issues, ladies and gentlemen, are literally right under your nose and they're the sneakers that you wear to the gym. The comparison first gained traction in Russia before spreading elsewhere with the toe of the shoe being likened to the Nazi chief's dis- distinct hairstyle. distinct hairstyle. I'll just give me the hitler <laughs> and it's tongue I, I just thought it was uh you know a parted haircut but now it's that's the hitler so why do people with shaved heads get a bad name with the toe of the shoe being likened to the nazi chief's distinct hairstyle and its tongue re- uh, reminding some of his toothbrush mustache the shoe's name storm adrenaline wasn't helping much either with some noting the appearance in the name of the Nazi Party's Palamir- Palamir- <laughs> I can barely get the words out. Paramilitary wing, the the Storm Detachment, or S.A. Others beg to differ with the comparison, claiming the shoes were, if anything, more reminiscent of writers Nikolai Gogol or Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> Don't you just love that we live in this time? The, where somebody can claim a pair of sneakers reminds them of Adolf Hitler and you can then start these online debates and discussions, these heated debates. That's not Adolf Hitler. Stop look, Stop finding Hitler in everything, you weirdo. It obviously looks more like Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Both also fond of the way uh, of the wavy forelock and mustache combination. Puma has yet to comment on the matter. <laughs> well, that obviously means that they're racist, right? Because Puma has failed to comment, because the Times of Israel has contacted Puma and said, "Can you please make a comment that you're about your sneakers that look like Adolf Hitler?" Because they've failed to comment, that obviously means that they're scared, right? That wouldn't mean that people at Puma are sitting back looking at each other with dumbfounded looks going, what the hell are people talking about? What the hell is going on here? Our shoes look like Adolf Hitler? Are these people insane? That, that wouldn't be taking place at all. They wouldn't be sitting back, their PR department wouldn't be sitting back going, how do we construct a message to insane people? How do we word this to put insane people's minds at ease? They wouldn't be doing that because this is, of course, a very serious, very real thing. (laughs) Never comment on the matter. Any comment is a nail in your coffin. Victor Von Schroom in the chat. Why? Sage words, comrade. Nothing of the similarities of various objects and animals to Hitler is something... uh, Noting the similarities, pardon me, is a popular pastime on the internet... With anything from cats to kettles accused of resembling Hitler's most, uh, history's most notorious dictator. Is is he really history's most notorious dictator? Was there a vote? Did he win an award? I'm not sure. (laughs) Area 81 in the chat on Podbean says, If you think those are bad, check out the Nike Führers. Should do. So there you have it. New sneakers claim to resemble Adolf Hitler, ladies and gentlemen. just want to play a little bit of CNN. As you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren dropped out of the presidential race just as John McAfee was re-entering the presidential race, ladies and gentlemen. And people decided to take to CNN, as they normally do, as they like to do, to find all reasons to blame, looking for reasons outside of Elizabeth Warren herself, for reasons that Elizabeth Warren didn't get elected by her own voters in the Democrat Party. So let's have a look and see what they were saying on CNN.
2: It occurs to me that this could be
1: self-fulfilling insofar as perhaps a person is not him or herself sexist, but perceives their neighbor to be so, and then concludes, well, I'd like to vote for Elizabeth Warren, but I don't think she can get across the finish line because others won't
2: do so. Therefore, I will divert my vote.
1: This is a bold new strategy, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Are you keeping up with this? Are you following along at home? So here's what's happening. We've moved on from just accusing everybody of being sexist, okay? Because that wasn't working. That wasn't getting the job done. That wasn't bringing home the biscuits. So rather than just accuse everybody of being sexist, how about this? How about if we accuse everybody of accusing everybody that everybody else is sexist? (laughs) Are you following? So it's not that people are sexist. That's why they didn't vote for Elizabeth Warren. It's that they think everybody else is sexist. So they don't vote for Elizabeth Warren because they think everybody else who is sexist, not them, won't vote for Elizabeth Warren. Therefore, there's no point in voting for Elizabeth Warren, not because you're sexist, but because you think the other voters are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess if that helps you sleep at night and, and none of this ever has any kind of evidence attached to it there's, there's never any real actual argument placed here this is grade A gold plated navel gazing they're just making shit up <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see here, the main problem for people like Elizabeth Warren is that it's not necessarily that individuals out there will never vote for a female. It's that the individuals out there know that everybody else won't vote for a female, so they don't vote for them because they know that other people won't, and there's no chance of her winning because they think everybody's sexist, even though they're not. Okay.
4: What do you think of that? I think you got it exactly right. The number... (laughs) (laughs)
1: you do sweetheart of course you do i think you've got it exactly right it couldn't possibly be that uh elizabeth warren's you know policies were ridiculous it couldn't possibly be that she is wholly unlikable it couldn't possibly be that everybody identified the fact that the entire democrat party machine was trying to rig um debates in her favor it couldn't possibly be that the corporate mainstream media which is so unpopular which has never been more unpopular on the left and the right it couldn't possibly be that every time uh, an organization like CNN or MSNBC for example throws their weight behind somebody that they become wholly unpopular with all of the voters it couldn't be any of that it couldn't be the fact that Elizabeth Warren wanted a nine-year-old transgender girl to literally choose her cabinet positions, her education secretary. It couldn't be that. No, 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 no. No, the real reason is... <laughs> it couldn't even be... It's not even sexism now. The real reason is the perception of sexism that people have of their neighbours. That's the real reason that Elizabeth... I, I think you're exactly right
4: those exact comments from voters is just too numerous to count over the past year and i think there's something really interesting going on where our cultural politics are really dovetailing with our political politics in a way that feels sort
1: of unexpected did she did she just make reference to political politics Ladies and gentlemen, the voice you're hearing is that of Lisa Learer. She is quote the national political reporter for the New York Times. <laughs> our our cultural politics are dovetailing into our political politics. <laughs> 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 well, we just got some dash guy. Well, you know, there's some really nice candidates and I really appreciate them. And, you know, I'm just really into this uh, political politics stuff. You know, there's all kinds of politics, but my favorite kind of politics is the political politics. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The national political reporter for the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't know why people are so critical of the pundit class. I don't know why people are so critical of those who we turn to for advice and guidance. Can you figure it out? I can't figure it out. <clears throat> this woman is obviously top of the class. This woman is obviously ahead of the curve. She she literally she really she literally thinks The reason that Elizabeth Warren couldn't get the nomination is because not that everybody's sexist, but everybody thinks that everybody else is sexist, therefore they won't vote for them. And cultural politics is dovetailing into political politics, not politics, political politics. I think they're two separate things.
4: It's just too numerous.
1: She shouldn't be the national political reporter. She should be the national political politics reporter.
4: <laughs> ...account over the past year. And I think there's something really interesting going on where our cultural politics are really dovetailing with our political politics in a way that feels sort of unexpected. I think there's a...
1: It feels.
4: ...greater awareness, particularly among... Democratic uh, voters, female voters, we've seen this in the polling, of sexism, of the role of gender bias in their everyday life, in the culture at large, yet they've internalized that message to say, well, yes, sexism is real, and that's why you know, they'll say they don't wanna vote for a female candidate, because as you put it, exactly as you put it, they believe that their neighbor or somebody else won't do the same.
1: (laughs) I'm starting to get this is, I'm starting to have the sneaking suspicion that the type of person who can see Adolf Hitler in a pair of sneakers is probably the exact type of person who believes themselves not to be sexist and then argues that they can't vote for a female <clears throat> because even though they aren't sexist, they know that everybody else is. Even though I'm not, you know, afraid of Adolf Hitler, I know that everybody else is going to be offended by a pair of sneakers. So they've internalized, yes, Jules says it right, got all the buzzwords in. They've internalized that sexism. So now they don't vote for Elizabeth Warren. Again, not because they're sexist, because they're not, but they know that everybody else is. That's why they won't vote for it. <laughs> it's just madness. It is madness. like this shit isn't hard. Okay. This is not difficult. And I think this is what happens when you hire a whole bunch of people with university degrees in things like sociology, right? This is where you hire the, you know, the people who would otherwise be working at corporations as the diversity and outreach coordinator, those kinds of roles, right? This is what happens when they start to infest political parties. This shit is not difficult. You have you have the recipe for an election already there. You already know how to get elected now. This stuff is not going to work. And if you're a democrat in the audience, cuz I know there are a few democrats that listen to this podcast, there are a few democrats who watch this live stream. You you already know this. You already know this. You know that this woke shit is on the nose. You know that people are turning away from this, not just in the United States, but in the UK, in Australia, and other Western countries. This is how you don't get elected, by hyper-focusing in on these tiny little strands and little slithers of various little communities, right? Essentially, all you'll get is the, the, the majority of the voting public turning against you in some way, shape, or form. And if you're a democrat in the audience, you already understand this. They know the pathway back to, you know, being taken seriously again is not through talking about internalized sexism. It's talking about aspirational blue-collar middle-class values. That's what people want to hear. Less about internalized sexism, more about, you know, frankly what the democrats used to talk about 50 years ago. How can I have more money? Uh, how can I, you know, afford more things? How can I keep my bills down? How can I get job security? That kind of shit. Will I be able to afford my house payments? Will I be able to afford this? That's really what people want now. Because <clears throat> whether it's accurate or not, I think what's happened is a lot of people have been sold the dream about globalism and sold the dream of. You know, a changing futuristic world where everything, everybody gets along and everything is harmonious and everybody will get rich, but it just didn't work out that way for a whole bunch of people. And for the people it didn't work out for, they're now looking elsewhere. They're looking for other options. They've been told this exact same story for decades now and they've had enough. And the first, you know, candidate that even just voices their concerns. They might not even be legitimate. They might not even be believable. But just voicing the concerns of people who have been struggling to find work, who have been struggling to afford house payments, who have been struggling with all kinds of, again, blue collar middle class issues, just saying things will be enough to get you elected now. You don't even have to really do it. And the first candidates that identify that, they win. And the more candidates, again, you know, Elizabeth Warren wanted nine-year-old transgender girls to select her cabinet positions for her. And now she's out of the race. Kamala Harris went overboard on the woke shit. She's out of the race. Cory Booker, ladies and gentlemen, overboard on the woke shit. He's out of the race. Julian Castro wanted to give free abortions to transgender women. He's out of the race. And all the while... All of the people associated with all of these campaigns that are flirting with this hard left intellectual tip, they need to invent increasingly, you know, I- increasingly inventive ways of blaming everything except themselves. So this is the new argument. Oh, it's not that people are sexist, it's that people have internalized sexism, so they know that everybody else is sexist. That's why they won't vote for a woman. No, 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 no. They didn't vote for this particular woman because this particular woman spent more time talking about transgender children than she did about putting more money in the pockets of working people and ensuring job security for them. That's that's the problem. But they can't admit that because if they admit that, then they have to admit that their own voters are not interested in this stuff. Same when Cory Booker came out and blamed Democrat voters for essentially being racist because they didn't keep Kamala Harris in the race. Instead of admitting that Democrat voters don't care as much about diversity as their politicians think that they either do or should, they have to find new stories. They have to find new reasons. Because once you come out and admit that Democrat voters don't care as much about diversity as politicians and intellectuals think they do or should, then you have to admit that the entirety of your platform over the last 20 years has been nothing but a fraud has been a false reality and doing that is far too difficult doing that is far more painful to them than actually doing the right thing and trying to win elections again but that's my two cents you can take it or leave it just one man's opinion all right corona chan ladies and gentlemen we're all going to die Got a couple of items here. I thought this before we get too crazy, because you know this is another thing that I've been sort of struggling with over the weekend. Thank you for listening. You're on the Daily Boogie podcast. Um, I've been getting a lot of this lately. just because I point out real consequences of coronavirus. I'm now getting accused of you know, pushing fear porn or hating Donald Trump or some kind of some kind of thing in that in that frame and i'm amazed that after you know four years of this of people being hyper aware of how false dichotomies are created in order to draw people's attention away from the real problem like i thought that we had all figured this out but apparently not because regardless of the issue now it's things have become so hyper partisan now that even pointing to things, pointing to consequences of this coronavirus and potential policies and, you know, outcomes and conclusions and that kind of thing, just pointing out news stories about coronavirus is enough to, now people want to turn it into politics. Everything now must be political. And if you can't see that that's the problem, then you're the problem, right? So, you know, let me, for example, point this out. So, in recent days, we've had uh, the Formula One Grand Prix. The Bahrain Formula One Grand Prix is now going to be uh, raced in front of zero people. Nobody's going to be allowed. Uh, They are now looking to cancel legal tender in China. So, they're burning banknotes to get rid of the threat of, you know, passing this disease through handing people banknotes. Um. You know, you've also got quarantine. Italy in the last 24 hours. I've got a news story. Uh, A few days ago, Italy basically quarantined the whole northern part of its own country. These are very real things that are happening in the world. Regardless of what you think of the actual coronavirus itself, these are very real things. Thank you for the diamond, Marty. Much appreciated. These are very real things that are happening in the world. And I'm finding that just pointing this out to people is now getting me accused of being a fear porn pushing Donald Trump hater. And yet my mind struggles to see the correlation between, say, for example, the cancellation of a live audience at a Formula One Grand Prix with Donald Trump. I don't see the connection there. And if you're going to start linking um, real-world consequences in other parts of the world to a conspiracy that the entirety of the rest of the world and the media is just concocting this in order to hurt Donald Trump, like, I like a good conspiracy just as much as anybody else, but that's a bridge too far with no evidence. Oh, they're only cancelling the crowd at the Formula One Grand Prix to make Donald Trump look bad. Do you understand what a long bow that is to draw? Do you understand, like, how disparate those two things have to be? Like, the, do you understand how much you need to explain how those two things are connected? Because with each day, more things are happening. More things are coming out. More consequences are being felt. Italy has now officially run out of hospital beds. Were you aware of that? And, you know, I... I I uh, retweeted a, a Twitter thread the other day of a woman discussing, you know, numbers, hospital beds. Most hospital beds in the Western world are already filled. I don't know if you know that or not. The majority of hospital beds in the Western world already have people in them. And you might be thinking, well, coronavirus is just like the flu, but there's a difference. You don't need a special testing kit for the normal flu and you don't need a hospital stay for the normal flu. So imagine, if you will, knowing that most hospital beds are already filled, thousands and thousands and thousands of thousands of extra people lining up at the hospital to get tested and those who test positive having to spend time in a hospital bed. It doesn't take much for the whole health system at that point to go belly up. They just can't handle the amount of people that are going to be showing up. It's not made for that. Right? Again, it doesn't really matter what your own personal view of the, you know, the imminent threat or otherwise of the coronavirus is. If the run on in stores has taught you something, it's that people's reaction to the coronavirus will manifest the fears of the coronavirus into reality. It will make it real. The people who are stabbing each other in supermarkets in Australia over toilet paper, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter to them if one person has died of coronavirus or a million people have died of coronavirus. What matters to them is getting toilet paper before everybody else does. So the people who will be lining up at the hospital to get tested, the people who will be in hospital beds, even if they're not going to die of the coronavirus, they still need to be in the hospital bed. You see my point here? Even if only 2% of people die, it doesn't matter. They're still going to have to be there, which means somebody else can't be. And when emergency rooms start filling up, when hospital beds start filling up, you're going to have an Italy situation on your hand where they run out of beds. Why do you think the Chinese government was welding people in their homes? It wasn't to protect other people from the virus. It was to stop them from going to hospital. It was to keep them there so they don't become a problem in other parts of the country, in other parts of a system that is failing. Again, pointing this stuff out, pointing out these basic realities, again, if I I, I, I tend to think if your first reaction is to when when we're talking about the coronavirus and I have not made it political in any way, shape or form, right? Have I even mentioned you know, which politician or which party, or have I just talked about the virus and things that can happen as a result of the virus and people's reaction to it? If your first instinctual reaction when I say things like this is to defend Donald Trump for some reason, that I'm sorry, you're missing the point. And you're having the conversation, I think the corporate media wants you to have. In my opinion, you're having the kind of conversation that People in politics want you to have either attacking Donald Trump or defending Donald Trump that is not what we're on about here that can come that can come in good time but just pointing out you know things like say for example we'll get to the story in a moment the you know the Irish government ladies and gentlemen has just cancelled the St. Patrick's Day parade the annual St. Patrick's Day parade in Dublin has been cancelled due to coronavirus. Now, if you mention that to the wrong person, they're going to say, yep, it's all a conspiracy to attack Donald Trump. I'm forced at that point to go, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Do you realise how far now you have to reach in order to say that this is a conspiracy? You are now talking about not just corporate media people in the United States. You are now talking about, you know, trained health professionals advising foreign governments around the world are they all in on the conspiracy are they all in on the conspiracy to get Donald Trump is the public health advisor to the Irish government in Ireland and the you know the health advisors for the St Patrick's Day celebrations in Ireland are they part of the global conspiracy to hurt Donald Trump in the press maybe. I'll even give you a maybe, a 0.1% chance that that's what's happening here. It doesn't matter, though. It's irrelevant. They're still cancelling the parade. They're still burning money in China. They're still cancelling sporting events, ladies and gentlemen. So with this backdrop, with this hyper-partisan backdrop, and this kind of situation where you, you're trying to talk about an issue and people are accusing you of hating one politician and liking other politicians and stuff. Amazingly, I can't figure it out why, but that's what's happening. Against this backdrop, uh, Liverpool football, the coach of Liverpool, uh, the Liverpool football team in the UK, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God, I forget his name now. How can I forget his name? Um, geez, how can Jurgen Klopp? That's his name, Jurgen Klopp. <clears throat> He's a German. Uh, very German answer here, by the way. Uh, he gave this response when he was asked at a post-match press conference about coronavirus. And I think if more people did stuff like this, then we would be in a far less uh, hyper-partisan um, environment. Have a look.
3: Asking on a wider question about the coronavirus, are you worried as a team, as a club, about the spread a bit, or how it might affect you? Look, what I don't like in life is that um, a very serious thing a football manager's opinion is important. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. I could ask you. You are exactly the same role than I am. So, and it's not it important. what famous people, but famous, famous people. people say no. You have to. We have to speak about
1: how, how refreshing is this? <laughs> how often do you see this? Somebody who's famous. Somebody who's in the public. light, like, like compare this with Steve Kerr. Remember, Steve Kerr couldn't stop talking about capitalism and couldn't stop talking about guns and couldn't stop injecting himself into political discussions. This is the opposite. Jurgen Klopp, when asked about the coronavirus, when asked, oh, are you concerned about the coronavirus? He said, I don't I don't understand why I need to talk about it. I don't understand why you even ask me. Just because I'm famous doesn't mean I should tell you what I think. This is a very serious thing. Who cares what I think? <laughs> I was like, yes! Thank God! Has anybody asked Steve Kerr about the uh, about the coronavirus yet? I'm sure he'd have something to say. I'm sure he'd have some kind of political statement to make, right? Yes, exactly. Movie type blues. Imagine admitting you don't have the knowledge to comment on a topic. Like, it's so rare now. <laughs> Especially from famous people. I think he's an absolute gem. It's probably why Liverpool is top of the league now. It's probably why Liverpool's going to win the English Premier League because it sounds like all he cares about is coaching a football team and not coronavirus. He doesn't care about it seems like he doesn't care about politics. He just cares about making his team win. It's probably why they're winning every game. Question
3: about the coronavirus. Are you worried as a team as a club about the spread of it or how it might affect you? Look, what I don't like in life is that um, a very serious thing, a football manager's opinion is important. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. <laughs> I could ask you. You are exactly in the same role than I am.
1: So, and it's not important, but famous. It's, it's the, the guy from the press starts arguing with him. <laughs> yes, yes, but, but but you have to say something. I'm asking you a question. You need to give your opinion on this thing.
3: People, but it's famous the people the say no. You have to. We have to speak about the things in the right manner. Not people with no knowledge, like me, talking about something. People with knowledge so talk about it and should tell the people do this, do that, do this, and everything will be fine, or not. So, and not football managers. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap
1: and uh, I have a bad shape. Not me. Politics, coronavirus. Uh, I wear a baseball cap and I have a bad shave. <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Jurgen Klopp. I think I think he should be our hero of the day. All right. Here's a couple of the stories that I alluded to. Thank you for the diamond OT, Marty. He says this guy is 100% correct. I assume you're talking about Jurgen Klopp. And I couldn't agree more. So here's a couple of stories I alluded to. Coronavirus. Irish St. Patrick's Day parades cancelled. On Monday night, Belfast City Council in Northern Ireland voted to cancel the city's parade. Oh, pardon me. I thought it was Dublin. No, it's actually it's actually um, Belfast. So apologies. Uh, earlier, the, the Irish PM announced that all parades and festivals in the Republic of Ireland will not go ahead. Oh, So it's both of them, actually. Both of them. Other parades in Northern Ireland are still scheduled to go ahead, but are under review, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, Mr. Viradka announced 430 million euro package for the health service executive to deal with the impact of COVID-19. He said the Republic of Ireland would stay in the containment phase for as long as possible. Yes, the containment phase. We're back to using our favourite nonsensical... Uh, political terms to describe things that are the opposite of what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the containment phase. You mean the thing that should have happened a month ago, right? Are you speaking about the containment phase, which would have been, I don't know, uh, isolating and quarantining the particular region of China and not allowing any flights, people, produce or products to go in or out of the affected area at all? like six weeks ago, because that's what containment would be. See, there is inherent, like, you are being propagandized here. And I don't even care what side of the political aisle you're on. If you can't see that you're being propagandized here, I don't know how to help you. Just that very term itself, the containment phase, it's, an, it's objectively a lie. Why? Because people are already, people have already spent the last month moving around. The last month has been the opposite of containment. What's happening now is probably the PR management phase. This is the phase where you throw a little money at something, you make some announcements, and you hope that people don't panic enough to cause real shockwaves in the economy. That's the phase that we're in now. We're in the phase where everybody knows that they can't contain it. So they call it the containment phase. We covered the stories on this show for weeks and weeks and weeks. Western governments refusing to stop flights, keeping airports open, keeping travel open, refusing to do testing, refusing. The Australian government, ladies and gentlemen, was handing out pamphlets. Whilst Chinese people were, were returning to Australia for weeks and weeks. In order to go back to Australian universities and the day that Australian universities, because as you know, here in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, the third biggest money maker for the Australian government is foreign students. It's our third most lucrative industry, believe it or not, behind housing and mining, foreign students coming to our universities and the bulk of those come from China. So for weeks, the Australian government refused to do anything except hand people a pamphlet when they got off the plane in Sydney and say, well, if you've got the sniffles, call this hotline. And of course, the hotline was only open between the hours of nine and five. And the day that schools went back, the day that universities went back, that's when they decided to stop taking people from the affected area. Not a day before. Not a moment before. So, this idea that, oh, the government, don't worry, the government is protecting you, ladies and gentlemen, it's the it's the protection meme that we speak so often about. The government's protecting you. We are containing it. No, 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 you're managing expectations. <clears throat> there is no containing it. There is no containing after you've let people spread around the world for a month. That's it's the containment is not possible now. This is how you're being propagandized. When politicians use term like, oh, we're in the containment phase. (laughs) No, there is no containment phase. There is a messaging phase. There is a managing phase. There's no containment phase. If they were in the containment phase, then they wouldn't have to cancel the St. Patrick's Day parade, right? It would have been contained already. That's not the case. Uh, here's another story for you. Coronavirus. Italy extends strict quarantine measures nationwide. It's not just the northern part of Italy now. That only lasted for about 24, 48 hours, the northern part of Italy, where uh, tourist meccas like Rome, for example, are now essentially ghost towns. No, now it's all of Italy, just like that. Oh, is this the containment phase, is it? So for weeks on this show, we, we covered the articles, we covered the press conferences, we spoke about it at length, ad nauseum. We watched as Western governments did, refused to do anything in response to the coronavirus. They refused to even touch it. When the particular area of China should have been quarantined from day one, because if it wasn't China, if it was some third world country, like right, no disrespect, but if it was a country that wasn't China, they would have put a fumigation tent over the place within the first 24 hours and said nobody goes in or out until we get this sorted out. But because it's China, because it's the second largest economy on planet Earth, ladies and gentlemen, they knew that doing something like that would have drastic effects in the economies of other countries that deal with China, namely Western countries that source a lot of their products from China. Right? That was the risk. So rather than deal with it Uh, in a proactive fashion, they decided to let it ride because there's too much money involved. And now you can see, ladies and gentlemen, the world market's taking a collective shit. It was always going to happen. They were just delaying the inevitable. So while we sat back and watched Western governments do absolutely nothing in response to the coronavirus for about three or four weeks, we covered it on this show when they could have quarantined that particular part of china no now uh, all of the all of the italians must be quarantined instead now they need to be quarantined and isn't it grand that the politicians in countries like italy will now get up on their soapboxes and claim victory because they are in the containment phase we are doing our, we are protecting people we have a this is a bold response <laughs> farming for compliments Nobody's Nobody's gone after the coronavirus as much as we have. Nobody's been as bold and quick acting as we have. The exact opposite of what they've done. Italy is extending its strict coronavirus quarantine measures, which include a ban on public gatherings to the entire country to the entire country just if you thought that they wouldn't be able to take your freedom to if they thought if you thought that they couldn't take your right to freely assemble in in public ladies and gentlemen guess again (laughs) just like that just like that people are begging for their right to free assembly to be taken away isn't that the darndest thing He said the measures which come into effect on Tuesday were to defend the most fragile members of society. The protection meme, ladies and gentlemen. The number of confirmed infections has increased to 9,172, up from 7,375 on Sunday. So it's gone up about 1,800 in three days. This This is exponential growth. And again, I would just stress, Uh, It doesn't matter if only 2% of the people are dying from the virus. Can you imagine when hospital beds are already full in Western nations, ladies and gentlemen, what those kinds of numbers accelerating at that kind of rate would mean for a, a public health system already under strain, already at breaking point, as they are in Western nations, thanks to a whole number of things, lack of investment and mass immigration, just to name a couple, just to name two. If you live near a hospital, ladies and gentlemen, there is a very real you know, possibility that 80% or upwards of the hospital beds in your local hospital are already filled. What happens when thousands and thousands and thousands of people all of a sudden turn up needing a hospital bed? Even if they're not going to die. Uh, OT Marty in the chat. Great comment. Yeah, it's not so much about the actual effect of the virus. It's more what the panic does to the economy. I couldn't agree more. And like I said, I, I understand the hard place that governments are in here. Because if they're too proactive, they'll create panic in the economy, right? If they had have been too proactive, they'll create panic in the economy. Un- undoubtedly. But then there's also the flip side. If they're not proactive enough, then these kinds of things take place. And that then creates panic in the economy. It's all about balance. which way do you want to go? Which end of the spectrum do you want to be on? And people don't like hearing this, but you know if a if a powerful country like the United States, for example, has the option to let I don't know let's just say let's say let a thousand people die of coronavirus versus lose a trillion dollars worth of wealth, they're going to let a thousand people die. Because if they lose a trillion dollars worth of wealth, then that's going to probably cost more lives than the coronavirus will take. Do you see what, do you see what I'm saying here? So if, they've given, if they're given that option, just say that they, somebody comes to them with that equation, they are absolutely going to let a thousand people die and keep the trillion dollars. Because even though you may suspect that your government really loves you and really cares about you and really wants to protect you from all of the nasty things on planet Earth, they don't love you more than a trillion dollars. I'm sorry to tell you. Italy's coronavirus death toll jumped on Monday by 97 to 463. It is the worst hit country after China. The number of confirmed infections, we read that already. Cases of the virus have been confirmed in all 20 Italian regions. Ladies and gentlemen. In a televised address on Monday, Mr. Conti said that Italy's customs must change. The customs must change. We are now changing what it means to be an Italian, ladies and gentlemen, huh? Mamma mia! Hey, what the hell is going on here with this coronavirus, huh? I just want to go up there and kiss my mama on the cheek over here, and you're telling me that I'm going to be spreading some kind of viral infection. What the hell are you talking about? I'm not fucking her. I just want to give her a kiss on the cheek. What, you got to change what it means to be an Italian, huh? Get the hell out of here. The customs must change. And that it's the best thing for people to stay (laughs) bippity-buffity. We're having an important growth in infection and of deaths, he said. We must all give something up for the good of Italy. Yes, that's you. That's you, you lowly peasant. You now need to give up what it means. You need to give up your customs because your government did not want to be too proactive in stopping people from the infected region coming to your country. Because they did not want to shut down the airports. Because they did not want to shut down travel routes. Because they didn't want to stop importing Chinese products. Because they're addicted to that sweet, sweet Chinese cash. So because they didn't want to do that, now you have to give things up. It's your fault. You need to make sacrifices, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? The government's protecting you. We have to do it now, and we'll only be able to if we all collaborate and adapt to these more stringent measures. This is why I've decided to adopt even more strong and severe measures, severe, they're using the word severe, to contain the advance and protect the health of all citizens. We're containing and protecting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't you just love being propagandised shamelessly? if If you want to hear it again, ladies and gentlemen, while the... While the Italian government is literally going to shut down its own country, they are going to quarantine themselves from the rest of the world, okay? They are saying that Italian customs like, you know, kissing people on the cheek and shaking hands must come to an end. Italian traditions must end. We are quarantining ourselves from the rest of the world. While that is taking place behind him, the leader literally says... Oh, the government, we're containing this and protecting people. The protection meme, ladies and gentlemen, in live time. Containment. (laughs) After it's clear that it's not contained and it can't be contained, which is why they're quarantining their entire country. Because there is no containment. There is no protection. But people will eat this shit up. Because we, as a voting population, are peasants. We are sheep. We will just swallow it. Hook, line and sinker. We will say, didn't you hear the man? He's protecting us. They're containing it. They've, they've come up with a bold strategy. You should listen and trust everything the government says. They're, they're protecting you. Right. <clears throat> now we get to the real issue, ladies and gentlemen. Now we get to the real, <laughs> the real story. Down here in little old Australia... Coronavirus fears lead to toilet paper shortage in Canberra supermarkets. Canberra is the nation's capital. Across Canberra supermarkets, the number one battle it seems is how to get your hands on products for your number twos. Oh, wait, I don't have the full article here. Oh, get the hell out of here. Let's try this one. This this was very funny to me. (laughs) Coronavirus. Australian newspaper prints extra pages to help out in toilet paper shortage. So we've got... Uh, The police are tasing people in supermarkets because they're starting fights because they're trying to get their hands on toilet paper. And if you're a new listener to this show, people who have been here for at least a couple of weeks will remember I specifically mentioned toilet paper on this show before all of this broke. I said, there will be a run-on in stores. There will be panic buying. You know why? Because we saw it happening in other countries first. We saw it happening in Singapore And what you have to understand about Singapore is it's a tiny country. It's more like a city-state. And Singapore, the people of Singapore have a very high level of trust for their government. Their government came out and said, do not panic. And they panicked. So I simply put forward the proposition that if a country that has a high level of trust in its government panics when the government says, don't panic, how do you think people are going to react in countries like Australia and the United States where people do not have a high level of trust for their government? where they essentially have very little trust in their government. How do you think they're going to react? Of course, there's going to be panic buying. So I I gave you this, I gave you the option. If you were listening in Australia a couple of weeks ago, before all of this panic buying started, I gave you the opportunity. I said, you've got two options. What appears to me to be two options, regardless of what you think of the virus or not, people's reaction to it will make it real. So, you can either go out and stock up now and be accused of being a fear monger and a conspiracy theorist and a crazy person, or you can wait and then, tr- and then do it when the shops are already empty. Because otherwise, you know, if you go out and, and stock up now, you may be accused of being a conspiracy theorist, and I, I literally said these words, but at least you won't be fighting people over toilet paper. So, of course... <clears throat> What usually happens when we make these kinds of statements on this program, I get the usual, you know, derision, I get the usual dismissals. Ah, oh, crazy. Don't be ridiculous. That's fear-mongering. He's a conspiracy theorist. What the hell are you listening to this for? And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then of course, within a week, I start seeing the tweets from people, oh shit, you know, they've run out of toilet paper at my local supermarket. You don't say. You don't say. <laughs> This stuff is not hard to figure out. Just got to pay attention. And, you know, don't, don't fall victim to the false partisanship of the conversation around coronavirus. Don't fall victim to the political game where it's either attacking Donald Trump or defending Donald Trump. Get out of that prism. Get out of that mindset because you're only doing yourself a disservice. So I love this story uh, NT News, which is known in Australia as being a little bit outside the square, they're a little bit funny up there in Darwin. Uh, very isolated town. <laughs> they kind of do their own thing. They do, you know, kind of weird stories from time to time. So they're known as being a little bit kooky. NT News, known for its humorous front pages, produces a special edition amid panic over loo roll shortage. Toilet paper emergency, or the great toilet paper apop- apocalypse, as it's been dubbed on Twitter, has already rolled out hundreds of memes, witty asides, as well as documented the madness of people stockpiling the toilet essential. The real world, In the real world, it has led to Australian toilet paper manufacturers ramping up production to keep up with the demand from people fearful of coronavirus. One newspaper has gone one step further by printing extra pages in its editions to help out those who have been, quote, caught short. The reason I love this is because it's been a long-running joke that people should wipe their ass with the local news, that people should wipe their ass with the newspaper. <clears throat> now, ladies and gentlemen, the newspapers are printing pages in their own paper specifically for people to wipe their ass with it. Like <laughs> it's not an insult anymore. Now they're now they're doing you a service. <laughs> Buy our newspaper and wipe your ass with it, please. It's what we want you to do. Don't you find it amazing? What a time to be alive. Absolutely fantastic. So I'm sure a lot of people have already seen this right now, uh, by now. It's had 1.2 million views. But again, all of the cool stuff seems to happen when we're not on air. All of the cool stuff seems to take place (laughs) when when we're not doing shows. So I was very happy to bring this to you. Uh, the fight at the local hey! supermarket. Oh, pardon me. Get in there. Get in there. Oh, if you leave, li- <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. Again, uh, I'll put a link to this in the show notes so you can watch it after the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you've got, how would you say, two probably heavy set women who would have been comfortable on the set of Jerry Springer in the mid nineties, I think. No, they're not fighting over which woman has the right to have sex with their half-brother or cousin. That's not what's happening here. No, no, no. They're fighting over a bag of bog rolls, a bag of toilet paper. JJ Stoner joining us in the chat. Ladies and gentlemen, follow JJ Stoner on DLive, dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. Thank you for joining us, sir. <coughs> hey,
2: fuck,
3: that's enough. You
0: <laughs>
1: I took the bag, you fucking came and hit me. <laughs> now, the people that she took the bag from have a shopping trolley full of toilet paper bags. Like, I don't know, there's got to be like a dozen toilet paper packets in there. So she's obviously come up and said, hey, give me one of those. Like my first thought when I saw this was if you don't don't think that people will turn into absolute savages should a real crisis ever grip the Western world, then you must be one of the most naive people walking around on planet Earth. People are willing to come to blows over packets of toilet paper, ladies and gentlemen they're not going to look after each other in, you know, a famine or starvation or economic depression, right? Just say some kind of war takes place. Just say some kind of huge economic disaster takes place. (laughs) Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's looking after you. You may be lucky and find, you know, family who will look after each other. You may have one or two really good friends who will look after you. But don't rely on the kindness of strangers. The supermarkets will become like Mad Max war zones. They will become a black hole of death. <laughs> Which is fine, comment in the chat. I have no problem cutting a bitch over some TV. It's me? Go away from my daughter.
0: Stop. Oh, please. I just want one pack. No, not one.
1: O T Marty, thank you for the diamond, sir. Again, why T P? Not why not clean water? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. Like I knew because we spoke about it on this show. I knew that T P would be the first thing to go, but because T P is always the first thing to go, I don't know why. It it seems to be some kind of thing that happened. Like whenever there is some kind of outbreak, like like you look at the previous examples, like hurricanes, even right. So hurricanes, uh, floods, fires. Uh, viral outbreaks, whatever it is, for some reason, toilet paper is the first thing to go. I don't know why. It's not the first thing I would go to, but like sanitary sanitary products, for some reason, people are really afraid of not being able to wipe their ass. I don't know why. So, of course, it was always going to be toilet paper. It's always the first thing to go. She goes up to them. <clears throat> one of the heavyset women approaches one of the other heavyset women and says, "I just want one bag." And they they're almost as though they were jumping on a live grenade to protect their comrades in the trench. These two women are protecting their toilet paper booty. These two people are, you know, protecting their toilet paper stash from this usurper. And she just she goes up to them and says, "I just want one bag." and the older woman says no 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 bags you get nothing <laughs> based <laughs> well if i give you a bag then i have to give everybody else a bag and then i'm not going to have a bag that's at this point ladies and gentlemen the arrival of the beta male <laughs>
2: right, guys, guys, guys i need everyone to back off right now
1: everybody back off the manager who looks like he should be serving Pepsi in a, you a know, 1950s pizza diner, he comes up. He, he's going to put a stop to this situation. He's going to step in, the manager, who is literally shorter than all of the women involved in this fight. He steps into the middle of it. Oh, he's brave. Stop. No, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no. no. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stop. hold on. away Stop. You need stop. to get off this trolley now.
1: Get off the trolley. You need
2: to get off this trolley now. Adrian, stop?
1: The woman who works there has got it right. Like, just saying to the woman, hey, listen, you need to think about what you're doing. You're fighting over tissues. There are people filming this. This is going to be on the internet. <laughs> Monica, thank you for joining us. Call the
0: police. I'm the police. police?
1: Okay. He calls the police. The police! Yeah, we've got a uh, TPP incident down at the local supermarket. Yeah, what's the incident call? Uh, it seems that uh, we have two heavyset women fighting over toilet paper. Uh, can you repeat that, dispatch? Yeah, we have two heavyset women fighting in the local supermarket, pulling each other's hair over packets of toilet paper. Can you get down there, please? Uh Okay. (laughs) Yeah, call the police. (laughs) And again, I'll put it to you. If we ever have some kind of real crisis, if we ever have a real emergency in the Western world, do do you think people are going to be looking out for each other? Do you think the police are going to be come down to settle your toilet paper disputes? I would suggest not. I would think probably not. Ladies and gentlemen, now this is from Nine News, a local free-to-air news. Uh, look, extensive. Look, look at the look at the banner at the top here. Extension extensive coverage. Coronavirus live. We could go live coverage of coronavirus. Well, somebody else just died. Thank you for joining us. Man selling toilet paper online for thousands amid coronavirus panic. Ladies and gentlemen, so the local news doing important things. They set up a sting operation. No, it's not wiping your ass after a bowl of curry. It was somebody who's hoarded toilet paper and is now selling it online for an inflated price. (laughs) Remember the good old days when people used to sell Super Bowl tickets online for an inflated price? Remember those days? Remember when people would sell Metallica tickets online for an extra hundred bucks? Now it's toilet paper. That's the real currency now. Metallica. I'm not going to Metallica. I'm not standing in that crowd with all of those people touching each other. I could get sick. Have you got any toilet paper? That's where we're at. So let's check out, uh, you know, the local news network doing a sting operation.
2: A gum tree, toilet paper seller, wiped out by a surprise wiped customer. Out. My name's Darius. I'm actually from Nine News, and we're recording this conversation. That. Oh, sorry. About I just that. want to know why you're trying to sell toilet paper for two thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> the guy's got a. If you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. This guy's got a, like a packet of, I don't know, it looks like, it looks like about 16 rolls under his arm. He's, he looks like a scalper. He's got the New York Yankees cap on, the sunglasses. He goes up and meets this guy for a public sale like he's doing a drug deal. <laughs> we, are, we have gone insane. We have gone completely stark raving mad. So he set up this—he uh, set up this deal <laughs> to offload his two thousand dollar toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy announces, "Actually, I'm from Channel Nine, and we're filming right now." And he starts apologising. I'm—I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. And starts trying to walk away. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: Thank you. Sorry. For coming. I'll, I'll see you in hell. Ready. This man advertised the pack of 20 toilet paper rolls he's holding... It was 20. It's a 20. It's a 20. Oh, okay, I can see that then. ...on Gumtree for (laughs) (laughs) $2,000. (laughs) $2,000! See, I've
1: got to be honest here. I've got to be brutally honest here. This news report obviously set this guy up to make an example out of him, right? They're, They're setting this guy up so... You know, they can say, oh, look at this horrible man selling toilet paper for $2,000. I've got to be honest here, my, my personal opinion, if somebody is willing to pay $2,000 for 20 rolls of toilet paper, he's not an evil guy. He's my fucking hero. If I could sell my rolls of toilet paper for $2,000 and people are willing to buy it, what's the problem? It's not the fault of the person who's making $2,000. It's the fault of the person who's spending $2,000. <clears> like, why, when did we become a society of victims to the point where we now need to protect people from being parted from their own money in such ridiculous ways? You know what I mean? It's not my fault. If I put the, if I the, put the thing out get there. Get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifting the sub, Marty. If I put the thing on the internet and say, "Hey, here's toilet paper for two thousand dollars," and somebody calls up and says, "I want it," I'm gonna be okay. If somebody's willing to pay it, what's the problem? So I don't, I don't hate this guy at all. He's a genius. That's
2: hundred dollars a roll.
1: Thanks, he- thanks for the maths lesson, bro.
2: Insisted cash only and told us to meet him in Perth CBD. Else? It's for an operation. It's for an operation. Do you have Medicare? He's not the only... It's
1: for an operation. <laughs> well, I need to pay for my health health insurance, you see. Victor Von Troom in the chat. Just use them and Ziploc bag them and sell them to the Japanese. Exactly. <laughs>
2: The Japanese will buy anything. one. Scores of other opportunists are trying to cash in on Australia's toilet paper panic. Any toilet paper?
4: <laughs> no, there's none in there. I don't quite know why that's the thing everyone's obsessed with.
2: Supermarkets cleaned out across the city, from Mirabuka Aldi to North Perth Coles. I oh, know I'll be stocking up on beer, not uh, toilet paper.
1: Hey! <clears throat> Absolutely, mate. There's an Australian right there. That's what I did. I tweeted it out on, uh, what was it, Saturday my time? Friday my time, I think. While everybody was at the supermarket fighting over toilet paper, I just cruised down to the bottle shop. I cruised down to the hotel and stocked up on alcohol. It was empty in there. Nobody was in there. (laughs) I could buy whatever I want. I walked around the place whistling show tunes. Happy as a dog with 10 dicks to lick. Nobody was fighting me over beer. They're all fighting over toilet paper. And I did pause for a moment when I was up at the register paying for my ridiculous amount of alcohol, which my wife has now drunk over the weekend, because I the beer I bought was too too tasty. So she's decided to drink it all. Thank you for the diamond wood chip TV. He needs I need tippy for my bungle. Mm. So, you know, I did pause for a moment when I was at the cash register when I was buying my ridiculous amount of alcohol just for a moment to think, what the hell hell has happened to my country? What the hell has gone wrong in my country? There used to be a time when if there was some kind of crisis in Australia, when there was some kind of, you know, major event on the horizon that you couldn't even find a parking spot at this bottle shop. You couldn't get alcohol because everybody would be stacking up on it. Thank you. I see you now. That used to be what we did in Australia, but now everybody's fighting over toilet paper. Nobody's drinking alcohol anymore. I don't know what changed. I'm a little sad, but at the same time, yeah, I didn't have to wait in line, so it's worth it.
2: Not uh, toilet paper. Are you taking advantage of people?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Again, if you can put a $2,000 price tag on a packet of toilet paper and somebody is willing to pay $2,000, you can say that it's taking advantage of people, but that, yeah, it's their choice if they if they buy it or not. And if you're of the frame of mind where you, <clears throat> you need to pay $2,000, <laughs> OT Marty's <laughs> given a diamond to address woodchip TV. Are you threatening me? Thank you for the diamond, Marty. If you feel that you need to spend $2,000 to buy toilet paper, like this is something you must do, like I've got to empty my life savings out to get this packet of toilet paper, then to be fair, somebody's probably taking advantage of you every single day. (laughs) Like I wouldn't be looking directly to the toilet paper salesman. I would be looking at and saying like, what the hell is going wrong with my life? Why do I think I need to spend $2,000 to buy toilet paper? There are probably a whole list of people who are taking advantage of you. Let's not just isolate the guy who's smart enough to, uh, you know, monetize other people's stupidity.
2: Or is this fair? This heartbreaker from a Perth shop is going viral. An elderly man buying tissues. But it isn't just toilet paper.
1: It's a heartbreaker.
2: Pasta, cleaning products, and now Lego is being emptied out to... Lego? <laughs> Why the Lego
1: now? I don't know. Uh, That's I. I had no idea. Are people building like little forts or something? Is that what? Is that what's taking place here? Is that why? Is that why people are buying all the Lego in stores? Well, I'm going to build myself a little coronavirus-free castle here in my lounge room. (laughs) I just imagine like grown men. 40-year-old men putting little Lego blocks together. With their tongue sticking out. <laughs>
2: we don't have toilet paper, but we do have a cool fort. <laughs> two. Today, Coles and Woolworths extending restrictions to rice and hand sanitizer. They say they are restocking daily, but can't keep up with demand.
4: I think it's a bit over the top. Yeah, Some
2: not are genuinely offering to help. Like this lady who says she'll drop emergency rolls to residents of Subi. Or the...
1: Emergency rolls of toilet paper? There's no emergency roll of toilet paper. There's no such thing. There's never been a situation where people have found themselves in, right, and where toilet paper is like a life and death thing. Here's the brutal reality: if you want, if you're, if you find yourself stuck, if you find yourself caught short in the toilet paper crisis, how about this? Use your sock. <laughs> Take off your underwear and wipe your ass with your underwear. Problem solved. And then just make sure next time you feel that urge deep down in your belly that you're close to home base. Make sure you don't have to go out. Make sure you don't have to shit in public. How about that? Oh, we're dropping off an emergency roll of toilet paper. What fucking emergency? <laughs> is it, does anybody here have a roll of toilet paper? This man is going to die.
2: It's ridiculous. This Facebook page that's popped up showing people which supermarkets have stock. As for this Perth seller... Has anyone taken you up on the offer? You don't think that's a lot of money? $2,000? Yeah, but if someone wants to pay
1: $2,000, what business is it of yours? You don't think that's a lot of money? I'm sorry, how much do you make chasing people down the street with a camera in their face? What are you making here? Like 80 grand? Don't you think that's a lot of money to do what you do? Don't you think that's a lot of money to pester people on streets? Right? What am I missing here? So no, I I won't go in with the outrage. The man selling toilet paper for $2,000 online is not a demon. He's not an evil guy. He's our hero. On the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute legend. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Uh, Another quick little news report for you. Despite reassurances that stocking up on essentials isn't necessary, it's clear many can't help themselves and panic buying is showing no signs of slowing. At supermarkets across Adelaide, it's not uncommon to see
3: empty toilet paper shelves. Stores that haven't run out are being inundated with shoppers, desperate not to miss out.
1: Exactly what we said would happen. Exactly what we said would happen. A week before all of this toilet paper panic buying started, we literally said on the show, you probably have two options. Either you go and stock up now and be called a conspiracy theorist and a fear monger and a kook and a crazy person, or you wait until everybody else clears the the shelves out. And then you'll be begging your next door neighbor for toilet paper. Those are the only two options. Even if you're the smartest guy on earth and you you know that coronavirus is all just a big media scare campaign, it does not matter. The reaction of people will make it real. And I see Liz in the chat, and I'm pretty sure Liz is the one who uh, sent me something on Twitter, like just describing what, you know, her situation is like. She's got, you know, meat in the freezer for a month, She's got a month worth of food supplied. She's got fresh fruit and vegetables. She's got dried vegetables ready to go. Weeks and weeks and weeks of stuff ready to go in the tank. Not a problem. That to me is just being sensible, rational. Like there's no panic now, right? See, they t- they use terms like panic buying, but the panic buying is only from the people who didn't uh, do the common sense thing. The panicked reaction is only from the people who didn't have common sense, who weren't rash, who weren't being calm, who weren't being reasonable before. The panic buying is now from the people who sat back and put their their, their hands behind their head and laughed and said, oh, it's just a media scare campaign. What are you fucking worried about? Oh, oh, oh you crazy fear-mongering kook. <laughs> Those are the people who are now fighting for toilet paper. Exactly, Sam in the chat. Now I get to watch everyone else panic. And once upon a time, going, you know, doing that, right? Being prepared, making sure you have food in the pantry, you've got food in the freezer, you've got enough toilet paper, making sure you've got some water on hand. You know, doing these things once upon a time, that just that was just seen as the common sense thing to do. It was just the smart thing to do. Now, if you do that, you're a conspiracy theorist and a fear-mongerer who hates Donald Trump. People are fucking insane. No, this is not what conspiracy theorists do. Anybody who was looking at that at this, like we were on this show, knew that this was going to happen. We knew that there was going to be panic buying. We knew that there was going to be run-ons in stores. Because that's what people do in these moments. And you were, you were too smart. You kicked back, you put your feet on the table and said, huh, it's never going to happen here. I don't have to worry about that. It's just a media campaign to make the president look bad. Okay. What are you wiping your ass with now? <laughs> you're probably the guy, you're probably one of the women in the footage who is fighting each other over toilet paper. Oh, well. Live and learn.
2: The toilet paper. Toilet. Sanita- you know, the stuff that's for your hands to keep them clean and stuff. Everything's just gone. you got to keep some supplies, otherwise you just don't know what's going to happen if you get diarrhea or anything. Not that that's a coronavirus
1: symptom. Dra- <laughs> like that matters. <laughs> like that matters. Well, diarrhea is not a coronavirus symptom. Who cares? It doesn't matter. People don't care. They'll, they're going to buy it a symptom. Okay, stupid Twitter videos. Stupid Twitter videos. That one will be in the show notes. Uh, Don't fear, ladies and gentlemen, this is Cameron Dick. Uh, Cameron Dick is the boss of some kind of toilet paper company. Now the toilet paper companies are having to put out videos to put your mind at ease, believe it or not. Everybody, don't panic. We are making more toilet paper We are creating more toilet paper. Please do not stab each other over toilet paper. If you could just not shit for a day, I'm sure that we will have toilet paper in your local supermarket as quick as we can.
2: I'm at Queensland Tissue Products at Carroll Park in
1: Brisbane, where 150 tonnes of toilet paper is coming off the production line each day.
2: That's a 30% increase. So Queenslanders can be confident that Queensland manufacturers... Thank you for the
1: uh, diamond, Marty. I think Donald Trump is hilarious, if nothing else. Yeah. That's good enough. (laughs) People, at least, you know, this is a conversation we've had on this show, like a lot. Um, And, you know, like I said, I've got a few Democrats who listen in, probably more libertarians, right? Uh, Probably a lot of like sort of Magrish people although they've been dropping off over the last month or so because I've had to point out things that I think Donald Trump is doing wrong, which you can't do now. That's that's like uh, burning a Bible, apparently. So, so It's like, see you then. See you later. I'm sleeping well at night. Um, I've tried to point out, like, even if you don't like the guy, even if you don't like Donald Trump, you have to appreciate why other people do. And for a lot of Democrats, that's a problem. Like, they can't see why people like him, even if they don't like him. Like, even if I didn't like Donald Trump, I can see why people do, right? There's They're two totally different things. But a lot of people think because I don't like this person, I then it's not possible for anyone else to like him. They must be racist. They must be brainwashed. They must be confused. They must be sexist, right? It's just all of that nonsense that goes into it when that's probably couldn't be further from the truth for most people. But, hey, what are you going to do? Like, I've, I've long given up on uh, relying on the intelligence of crowds. If doing this podcast for the last couple of years has taught me anything, it's that I have no confidence in the intelligence of the average person anymore. <laughs> thank you thank you for the diamond, Marty. Very generous of you.
2: So ...producing... What you need. That's literally thousands of kilometers of toilet paper,
1: enough to fill some cool stadium. There's thousands no need of kilometers. no buy in bulk. You can buy a little bit extra each week, <clears throat> uh, but there's plenty of toilet paper and other products coming from Queensland manufacturing businesses straight to your local shop. So, Queenslanders, just be calm. Don't worry. Just be calm. Don't worry. Don't panic. Maybe just use one or two less wipes, one or two less squares when you wipe your bottom. Try not to eat any curry or or chili. Try not to have anything that will inflame your ring. Just have some nice vegetables, maybe those health food shakes. Try try not to eat anything that will inflame your anus. Don't buy too much toilet paper. Please buy more because we make more money. But don't buy too much more so that other people cannot buy any. Meanwhile, he has 100 rolls at home, says Woodchip TV. Exactly winning tv in the chat uh again uh, a new feature that we're doing on this show now you can listen live to the podcast so a lot of people um you know when we dropped periscope a few people got in touch and said but i like periscope because i like to listen to the show while i do other things and periscope lets you listen in the background that's fine if you want to listen in the background you can all you have to do now is uh become uh you know hit the subscribe button on the podbean website for the podcast and then whenever we go live you'll get a notification and you can listen in so pardon me Phil D'Angelo follow Phil by the way on DLive winning DLive.tv slash winning TV he's listening in on the podcast now on on the Podbean website so thank you for joining us over there Phil he says it's working great no problem so I'm really happy about that All right, Um, round two another another fight over TP ladies and gentlemen oh sorry about that (laughs)
3: Hey (laughs) fucking
1: (laughs) don't treat her like that little old lady The little old lady fighting over toilet paper. Oh yes. Nana Nana, what are you doing? So I think what happened there is the little old lady went up to the other... Yeah, so the little old lady went up to the other woman who had the toilet paper in her shopping cart and just took it. Just took it out. Now, that under normal circumstances, that is a big social faux pas. Just to go up to somebody else's cart and start helping yourself to what's in the cart. Hey, I spent a good 10 minutes walking around the store collecting these particular items because that's what I want. And now you're just helping yourself to my cart? How dare you? Under normal circumstances, you never reach into somebody else's cart. Like, you, that could get you shot in Texas, from what I've heard. <laughs> but now, because of the toilet paper apocalypse, little old ladies are just walking up to other people's carts and helping themselves. Well, you have too much in your cart. I'm taking it. Oh. Again, if you think that uh, people will look after each other, during an actual real-life crisis, ladies and gentlemen, I've got news for you. No chance. That is absolutely not going to happen. (laughs) So there you have it. Uh, I think we'll leave it there for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It feels great to be on D Live, doesn't it? Very happy. Thank you for coming over to the new platform and thank you for supporting us in what we're trying to do here Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Boogie Bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to send me some toilet paper, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Apologies, I I didn't feel like really 100% today because I was uh, setting up all of this other stuff, the live stream and whatnot on the Podbean website. I didn't get much sleep and I woke up like half an hour before the show. So I always feel a little underdone. So hopefully we can come in red hot tomorrow, uh, same time, 6 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, Eastern. Hopefully you can join us. Don't forget to follow our friends. Uh, JJ Stoner joined us in the chat. Winning TV, thank you for joining us on the Podbean live stream, ladies and gentlemen. Why sense in the chat. Thank you, Marty, says good stream. Thank you so much for your donations on D Live, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, thank you. I'll see you in hell uh joy of Pessy, i saw irrational times drop in uh just a quick update yes uh thanks to you we have commissioned irrational times to come up with a jingle for the show so he's he's away he's working on it he's got to get some recording stuff in order uh but when that drops i'll let you know and it will be a worldwide exclusive here on the daily boogie podcast irrational times jingle for the daily boogie so looking forward to that until next time ladies and gentlemen i'll open the chest right now Stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.